Thanks for listening to the weekly Overflow Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this sermon by Jesse Cup. For more information, visit overflowindy.com or visit us on Facebook at Overflow Indy. Okay, so last week I've been I've been doing this series. You guys have been hearing me repeat a lot of stuff to kind of catch you up to speed, so I can springboard. I'm I'm not going to repeat all the same repeat stuff I've been doing, but just to kind of bullet point a couple of new things I said last week. Um, so in in October of 2016 into spring 2017, that was the season that God was really speaking to Jessica and me. Um, confirming to us the calling that he's given to us to pioneer uh, a kingdom work. But that, that was when he really started like showing us more in depth the insights of his heart with it so that so you can really like breathe it deep and catch it on fire and 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 put like a lot more weight on it for us. And so around probably around May or so was when Jessica and I were ready to start taking it to our leadership so that we can present it to them and ask them to pray about it, speak into it. If you're, not, if you're, if you're getting a check in your spirit, let us know. If you feel God's uh, blessing on it, let us know. Just whatever you need to do, because you're part of us processing this journey with the Lord. And so we began that um, just with the ones that we were the closest to at first. And so Steve and Lorraine Box, who you guys met, a couple weeks ago were some of our first ones. Steve Backland, who is my mentor, um, who's who's been here in March, coming back again in March. And uh, we started with them, and then my supervisor at work at BSSM, Carl Richardson. And I told you guys last time <clears throat> that Carl, excuse me, <clears throat> sorry about that. There's going to be more of those, so just get ready. I could stand there with a throat lozenge and be like... The whole time, if you'd like that better. Your choice. Take a vote. Take a vote. I'm just kidding. Anyway, no, I got one in my pocket. Thanks. Um, Mar- or, sorry, Carl, Carl was, he said, I, I feel, after I shared our, what God's doing, he said, I feel God on this, and I feel like you're in the right season. This is the right time. That was really encouraging. I told you guys this. He, he had a picture uh, Holy Spirit reminded him of something when he was a teenager, when they lived down in the southeast, they had this river and a cliff they used to go hang out in in the summer, and there's a rope swing on a tree that goes out, you guys remember this picture, and, and the rope was like, like leaning out, but not far enough, and so in order to swing on that rope, you have to grab this other rope behind you, lean out over the cliff, and you can't reach it, and the only way to get it is to let go and start falling into the rope, and then you grab it, and it's awesome at that point. But he said, when you let go is the, oh, crap, what did I just do moment? And then you catch it, and it's like, okay, that was worth it, the ride of my life, right? And then he said, he said you're about to have that experience when you go to Mark Brooks, who was the director of the school that I was a pastor in. He said, you're going to experience that, okay? So... Uh, and then, and, and, I, and he was right. It, it was. It was nerve-wracking to go through that. And so I shared this next piece with you. June 1st, um, when I was working through the anxiety of stepping into this whole new risk 
of life that we're about to do because we're going to be resigning our jobs. We're going to be moving to a, another place. Don't know how God's going to provide. Don't know if people are going to receive us or not. All that stuff. Working through that stuff. I was in the prayer house at Bethel, and, and I was getting really anxious knowing that soon I'm going to have to meet with Mark Brooks. And the anxiety that I was feeling, um, I realized that it was coming from an orphan spirit the, the, where I, when I'd think of Mark as an employee going to a manager, I got really scared and nervous. But when I started thinking about Mark as a mentor, as a spiritual father, and I'm coming to him as a spiritual son, I felt peace and covering. Do you guys see the difference between the two perspectives? And so I, I realized that I was functioning from an orphan spirit with anxiety, but there's peace and sonship. And so I needed to press into my sonship. So I started praying and pr started pressing into the Father. I started walking around that room, going around that fountain, and I, I said, Father, I love you, just pressing into that. And immediately after I said that, I looked outside and saw my Nissan Pathfinder out there, and there's a rainbow coming down on top of the car. That was pretty crazy. But that was like 7 p.m., and it hadn't rained since like 6 a.m., so that's not normal, right, to, for there to be a rainbow with no rain. So that, was, that just caught me, and the Lord reminded me that the rainbow represents his promises, okay? And the Father spoke to me about all the stuff that we were t stepping into this faith risk with, and he said, Jesse, it, this is not just a calling. I'm not just calling you into a calling. This is a promise to you, okay? It's not just a calling, it's a promise. That's a whole different way to look at the same picture, okay? When you think of a calling, it's like, okay, I'm going to lay my life down. I'm going to do this thing for, to the Lord, and, and I'm, I'm going I'm to be a servant, and it's unto him. I don't know what the outcomes are going to be, but it's all for him, amen? But when God says it's not just a calling, it's a promise, he's speaking to a son as a father, and he's saying, it's not just about what you're going to do for me. This is also for you. I'm promising good outcomes. Come on. I'm promising good outcomes. It's a promise. All the things I've, I've been putting in your heart in this next, these several months, promises about what's going to happen in the future and through our obedience, it's a promise. Come on. And, and the, Lord, the Lord called Israel, he, he led by Moses and then Joshua into the what? Promise. To the promised land. And God kept telling them to possess the land that I have given to you as an inheritance. So what is future to them on the other side of a lot of obstacles, okay, to God is past tense. He's already done it. I have given this to you. It is an inheritance that's already yours. So to God over here in the Kairos moment, where, where time doesn't even exist. It's, this is to God. He's already completed it. It is finished. Everybody say, it is finished. Amen. Come on. And Jesus said that on the cross about all the things of the kingdom of God that he sealed on the cross. It is finished. So there's something in heaven that is already completed way beyond what you can imagine or dream of. Okay? Whatever you could fathom a move of God or the work of the Lord on this earth, you haven't even began to scratch the surface with what God has already completed in heaven and has in store for us. 
And it requires a visionary view and the knowledge of the kingdom, all right? Truth from this book right here. You can't encounter your way into the kingdom truth. you got to get it from his word, amen? But encounters deepen it. It's like the, the encounters and their visions, revelations, the prophecies. What they do is they actually open our understanding to see, to understand this stuff in a more deep and clear way, amen? That's a key to prophetic right there, all right? So, so anyway, when the Lord's like showing me all these visions and encounters and stuff of what he's already, like to him, he's not dreaming about something, all right? Because when we're dreaming about something, it's yet to be. To God, it's already done deal. You guys hear me? Done deal to him. Like when he's looking at the promises, he's looking at what he has already created. Already. All right? But us on earth in this timeline, this Kronos timeline, okay, sequence, history, present, future, right? Like we, to us, a lot of that stuff hasn't manifested yet. And so when we know the promises of God, we got to know on his side of the equation, it's already finished. On our side, we're pressing in. All right? On our side, we're claiming territory. On our side, when we're battling against resistance, we have to do it knowing that God said this is already a done deal. And I need to go into the battles already living from what is God's present reality. That's, that's called prophetic living, okay? Prophetic living. We need to live from the future as if it's already our present. And then the path between here and, here and there is us claiming breakthrough and breakthrough and breakthrough, okay? We're changed from glory to glory. All right, you guys doing okay? All right, so now I, I get to proceed now. I'm excited to tell you about the next part that I thought I was doing about four weeks ago. Maybe five since the boxes were here. <laughs> All right. This is just a month, or yeah, about a month after my prayer house promise moment. It, it was Je July the 3rd. Jessica and I had already spent months um, dreaming into this stuff, praying into this stuff starting to work through some of the practical details of it, which, if you've never planted a church, it is not a small amount. I'll just say that, okay? And you got to start formulating your plan. you got to start formulating your vision, your, your, just all the stuff. It's a lot. And so we've, we've spent a lot of time, and it's exciting, but at the same time, also very scary, okay? Very scary. And, and so Jessica and I, this evening, we went to bed feeling a sense of anxiety, feeling a sense of inadequacy, um, fears that this is going to fail and we're going to fall on our faces, all right? Some of the things that we feared were that our leaders are going to not see God on it and they're going to, they're going to, they're going to want to not support us in it, okay? We feared that. That was a big one to us. Uh, we feared that people in Reading aren't going to join us as a team to come over here and do this together, all right? We feared that people in Indiana are not going to receive us. What if they don't receive us? Like, you don't know. Like, you, you, can, you can believe something, but until you're actually doing it, you have no idea how people are going to respond. You know what I'm saying? 
we, we also, you know, feared, like, even if people receive us, what if people don't come into what God has sent us here to do and to become? It's one thing to show up at church, okay? It's another thing to enter in to what we're going after. I'm going to say that one more time, and, and to you who are listening online, all right? It's one thing to attend a church service and classes. It's another thing to come into what's going on and become a part of what we're heading into, all right? Hallelujah. It's quiet in here. We feared that we might fall on our faces. We feared that we might go broke, okay? Because there's no, there's no guarantees of any financial help on this. So that, that's some real stuff, you know what I'm saying? What, being in Steve Backlund's world, one of the practices that we like to do is we like to say, let's just laugh at that. Ha, 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 ha. And so like if, a, if you ever have something that's trying to make you believe something that's not in agreement with God, we like to laugh at lies, all right? Laughing at lies, it helps disarm the, the attachment of a lie, helps you to release it, and it helps you to recalibrate the truth. And so we started laughing at lies. Ha, 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 let's just laugh at that. Uh, are you fearing our, our, we, we believe God's told us this, and we've served this house for all these years faithfully, and they've given us favor, but all of a sudden, they're going to not support us anymore. Ha, 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 let's just laugh at that. We're going we're gonna to take a risk and go serve the kingdom of God, and God's not going to provide for our needs. Ha, ha, ha. Let's just laugh at that. All right, you guys get the point? Why don't you guys do one with me, just so that you're not just sitting there passively listening to me. All right? I believe that God's called us to do this, but he might not provide for it. Ha, 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 ha. Oh, man. We're going to give our all to something to God that he called us to, but he'll never put enough favor on it for it to succeed. <laughs> all right? So when you're doing that, like, like we can look back on it now and look at all those things that we believed, the, the, the fears are trying to get on us and laugh at it peacefully in hindsight. But when you're in the midst of it and you don't have the breakthroughs that are proving it yet, you have to laugh at things in faith. All right? You have to laugh at things in faith. And I want to tell you that faith is believing that God is who he says he is and that God will do what he said he will do. All right? I'll say that one more time. Faith is believe you don't have to repeat me, just listen. God is who he said he is, who he says he is, and God will do what he says he will do. That's faith, believing that. Amen? So we, were, we had some high stakes, high risks things going on that we had to really press into faith for. And I was about to resign my job. We are going to travel across the nation. We had no idea about finances or receptivity that was going to happen. So this night, as we were going to bed, feeling anxiety, because we were about to start vision casting, we were going to start... Um, going to different gatherings at Bethel and at BSSM to, with opportunities to cast our vision and toss out a net and see if anybody jumps into it with us. And uh, we, were just, we were just nervous, didn't know if there'd be any results or not. <clears throat> but we, that night, in our anxiety, we started crying out to the Lord, laying in our bed, and I just started saying, God, 
if you're not in this, we are in a heap, all right? Because we, we need you to speak to us and show us that you are in this. We need to see you show up as Almighty God, all right? Now, it's a risk. If he doesn't show up, like, and we try to do all this stuff, we're going to fall flat on our face. And I quoted to God, Psalm 127, verse 1, says, Unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. So if we're going to come over here and try to do this thing and he's not in it, it's completely in vain. All right? So, and I, we just were calling out to him, we don't want to build this thing in vain. It will only work if you build it and we partner with you. And while crying out to the Lord, I began to notice his presence. I remember the anxiety? I started feeling presence coming in. And it was a unique presence. And he started coming upon me and Jessica. And it was weighty. I felt the sovereignty of God in his presence. I felt God's might. Okay, God is peace. He's love, he's father, he's all these things. But sometimes we need to know the might of God. Okay? I felt his might come upon me. And he was responding to our desperation, our cries for him. Because we, we had a lot of promises, but we didn't have an encounter of the weightiness of the might of God yet on this. We needed that. And he came on. And his, I felt his mighty hand rest on my chest, and his hand is heavy. <laughs> All right? It's a heavy hand. And my hand started tingling and anointing in ways that I hadn't felt in a long, long time. And while I felt this presence on me, I went into a vision. And at first when I saw this vision, I thought, that, that seemed maybe a little wacky. I... I don't remember what I ate that night, but it had to have possibly been the food. <clears throat> Until the Lord confirmed to me what it was, and I realized this, this actually was a prophetic apostolic blueprint, okay? A, 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 a prophetic picture of what God's doing. I saw a golden temple, okay? A golden temple that was kind of shaped like a pyramid, not exactly like an Egyptian pyramid, but kind of had that shape. And, and God was hovering over the temple, okay, hovering over it. And I also just wanted to show you one of the pictures that came to the kids last week in the encounter because it kind of took me off guard a little. Turn this back on. Look at that. Why would God have had a kid get that picture? That seems a little random, except I thought I was actually going to be speaking on this encounter last week. God knew it was coming. I know that was the Lord right there. Okay? It didn't look just like that, but the symbol. It caught my attention, okay? <clears throat> this was last week, right? So I, I knew that God, that God was showing me that God is building this temple. Okay? God's building this temple. And this, the Holy Spirit took me inside the temple, and I saw a mighty throne. Everything was made of gold and precious stones. And there was a waterfall pouring upon the throne that went way into the sky above. <clears throat> and then all of a sudden, I ascended in the waterfall up into the sky, into the heavens, up and up. It reminded me of Jacob's ladder that goes into heaven where the angels come and go. All right? That's what I was experiencing in this vision. 
I went up into the, into the waterfall, up into the heavens. And, and I knew that that was, a, that was the, the, the river of heaven, all right? The, the river in Revelation 22 that says it pours forth from the throne of God. I knew that's what I was seeing. And it's pouring from heaven down to the earth on this temple that God is building. All right? I also want to... Oh, this was another picture that came last week. Under a waterfall. Waterfall from heaven. Secret place. Humbly come into the throne room. Okay, there's all that stuff, but I just want you to see that when you see the picture of that kind of a pyramid, right? But that was a pyramid. Temple. It was the temple of the Lord. River of God flowing down. Why are these guys seeing these pictures that connect together? Isn't that crazy? <clears throat> yeah. And, and I was meditating on that this morning, and I felt like the Lord was just saying, you need to receive this. Because I, honestly, I want to I be a little vulnerable with you. I said this a few weeks ago. This is actually a vulnerable experience for me to be sharing these things because for a few reasons. One, some people might just think it's wacky, like eh, he's just being a fruitcake. That can happen. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, thank you. But And another could be like, I mean, like when you share the things that are really precious, if people aren't going to receive it well, like it, it can, it just... You want to treasure the things of the Lord, I'll just say it like that, and not just be flippant with them, okay? But I, you guys know me, I've not been flippant with this stuff, right? I mean, we're four years in, and I haven't talked about this stuff a lot. All right, but God revealed to me that the temple that I saw was an earthly replication being built in the likeness of what is in heaven where God dwells, Okay? He's trying to do on earth what he's doing in heaven. Everybody say, on earth as it is in heaven. On earth as it is in heaven. Jesus taught us to pray a prayer that he made legal. He wouldn't tell us to pray something he didn't plan on answering the prayer of. And the prayer says, your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It doesn't say... Your will be done on earth as it will become in heaven, because it's already finished there, as it is in heaven. He's already got the full package in heaven, so he's asking us as his ambassadors on earth to bring heaven to earth, to be, to be not just ambassadors, but conduits. Heaven to earth, let's bring, Jesus said, my kingdom is in your midst, my kingdom is at hand, okay? And he also said, my kingdom is within you. And he wants us to be in tune with the kingdom that's within us and then to release it through us so that it's in our midst. I, I hope that you guys are, are in tune with what I'm releasing right now because I'm feeling his glory right now, and he's on this, Okay? This is real. So it was a temple that's in the vision. It was a temple that was not made by the hands of man. Okay? Unless the Lord builds it, the workers work in vain. I, we don't want to just build a church. We're trying to do, we're trying to, the best we're able 
they're not perfect, to partner with what we see him doing and to, in the natural, follow what he's doing in the spirit. And that's what we've tried our best. I'm not saying we're perfect from the very beginning until now and what's ahead. That's how we're trying to approach this thing. So it's a picture uh, that it is in heaven. It's heaven on earth. It's the temple of God on earth that he's trying to build, okay? You guys follow me? And like I said, that waterfall, in Revelation 22, it talks about the throne of God and the river of living water flowing forth from his throne. And and then in Ezekiel 47, it talks about the temple, and it says that the river flows out of the temple, and it restores the land. It, 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 it brings such life from it that the, the trees bear fruit in every season and there's healing in the leaves, amen? And it says that, that that river pours into the sea where everything is dead. You guys might not know this, but it actually is talking about the Dead Sea. There is no life in the Dead Sea, but this vision in Ephes- or sorry, Ezekiel 47, that river is going to flow, and it literally is saying that that dead sea is going to become a living water again, and there will be so many fishes bountiful in there that people are going to cast their nets and pull it, and it's going to overflow. That's, that's harvest. That is revival harvest that's talking about. So we have to get this picture. This is a very... I know it's prophetic, and it might be like kind of out there a little bit for normal minds, but I just want you to catch this, that God has given me this encounter with his mighty hand upon me when I'm anxious. Are you going to be in this, or are we going to fall on our faces? And he's showing me this temple that he's building. He's hovering over it. I saw the river falling down from heaven in his throne room where his works are already there. That's the perfect temple in heaven. And he's trying to create on this earth the very things that are in heaven. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And he was showing me in that vision, he will build his house and we will not work in vain. He was confirming to me through this weighty encounter that he's in this. Amen? It's actually, it's actually more his work than our work. We, he's just letting us participate with a hammer in our hand. Amen? <clears throat> and I want to declare this passage to you guys. Here, I can come off that. Okay. I want to... Conf- I want to declare this passage over you guys in Ephesians 2, 19 through 22. Paul wrote this to the church of Ephesus. And, and by the way, the whole book of Ephesians is loaded with revelation about what God thinks his church is. Okay, so most of the context of that, of that book is actually in context of his church, okay? And in verse 19, it says, Now therefore... You are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and the members of the household of God. Everybody say, household of God. Household of God. What is he talking about? It's his family. It's his home. It's his people in his home. All right? What do you think his household is? It's his church. It's his church. Okay? 
Verse 20, having been built on the foundation, I've been telling you guys we've been really trying to lay foundations so that we can build upon, right? Having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the cornerstone in whom the whole building, everybody say whole building, whole building. Remember that picture, the temple that he's building? Right? The whole building being fitted together. If I say fitted together, and that means each part joining together in unity, it grows into a holy temple in the Lord. Whoa. Everybody say holy temple. All right? It's talking about the church, the household of God. He's growing it on the foundations and building it up into a holy temple. Okay? God builds this temple, in whom you are also being built together for a dwelling place of God. Everybody say dwelling place of God in the Spirit. He wants to dwell in our midst. Come on. That's amazing. I want to just tell you guys, this is God's church. This is His church. His church. We're not just a country club. Okay, we're not, we're not just a social community, okay? We're not just trying to get people to show up and fill a seat. This is church, his body, his household, his family, his home, and he's building a temple. This is way beyond just Sunday services. God's building something in the spirit that is way more profound than what we understand church is supposed to be. Where God dwells, where his family comes together, built on foundations, and God dwells in the midst of his people. A temple, a temple. And, and the vision I had, I just want to keep reminding this, it's, a, it's not a replication, it's a manifestation of what is in heaven on the earth. <laughs> Am I losing you guys, or are you with me? All right, God's building something that is bigger and greater than what our finite minds can perceive, our human minds. We have to see this from the Spirit to be able to see how powerful this is to God. Okay? You guys and I are individually temples of the Holy Spirit. Okay? As a human who is born again, you are literally a temple of the Holy Spirit. Okay? You carry him. You house him. But together, as a church, we are the house of God. I'm not talking about this building. I'm talking about you and me together, corporately, in unity. We are the house of God. That is not religious lingo. He takes it seriously and he means it. The house of God, it's his household, it's his family. He dwells in the midst of his people. Is that not what you guys dream of and desire? Come on. We're becoming on earth one with what God has in heaven. When he called us to come here and plant a church, we didn't want to just go just have another church on a different block and just just see, just enjoy the, 
the game of the challenge of it, or, to, or just to become pastors so we can just do pastor jobs. I like it, okay? But that's not why we came here. You guys, we came here for so much more. The depth of the spirit of what God's doing and trying to build towards is way beyond what we understand from past experiences and human reasoning. It's bigger. He's trying to bring what he's already built in heaven into our midst on heaven, uh, sorry, on earth as it is in heaven. You guys hearing me? The crazy thing is I only got to tell you one of the things that I have on my agenda to share with you today. So the, the series continues. Can you guys spare me a few moments just to tell you at least the, the next thing that happened that very night? I won't, I won't go into all the rest for time's sake, but I want to at least tell you this next part. First of all, after that encounter, when I felt his glory and I felt the, the weighty, mighty hand of God come on me, man, that helped. He showed me the vision, and he was saying, I'm in this. I'm not just in it. I'm the one doing it, and you get to come along. All right? It's his work. And, and just, just to say this to you again, it's not for me and Jessica. It's for us. All right? So I felt that weight of his mighty hand. God was just, he was letting me feel almighty God. Not just Father, not just Papa, not just, not, not just the, the, the peaceful encounter. I love that stuff, but this time I needed something special, and I got to feel almighty. Everybody say that, almighty God. Almighty. almighty. Everybody say mighty. 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 What does that mean? Powerful, dynamic, huge. Dunamis comes from the mightiness of God. That's right. But the powerful, powerful dynamic. You can't stop him, God. Amen? You can't stop Almighty God. If he sets out to do something, it will happen because there's nothing that can stop him no matter what. And when God gives us promises and he says it's already a done deal, you need to know that Almighty God said that and he's going to see to it. If we're faithful to, to stay in step with him and do what he's doing in obedience and faith, and have the right heart, like he's in it, he will, in, as almighty God, he's going to see us into everything that he's already promised. He's not a liar. When we don't get the promises of God, it's not his fault. It's ours. <laughs> so after that encounter, I finally fell asleep. Jessica finally fell asleep. And it was about... Uh, 2.30 a.m., I needed that sleep. But Livy, she didn't think I needed that sleep because she started crying, and she bawled her eyes out, screaming at the top of her lungs, and there was nothing we could do to get her to quit. She was a little, I think she was about one, a little less than one-year-old at this time. And and so she woke up crying, and, and I... We, we took turns trying to calm her down, and we couldn't get anywhere. And so finally, um, I decided I better get up and just go be with her for a while. 
And so I took her out of her crib, took her to the living room, and just held her. She calmed down, and, and finally she fell asleep in my arms, and I was exhausted, and I wanted to go back to sleep, but I could feel this residual anxiety still on me. I hate anxiety. hate it. But I felt it because there's just these things, there's still the, even though I had that encounter, the emotions and the lies still are lurking, right? Like an encounter doesn't mean that all that necessarily goes away. You have to continue to press in with faith. And so I'm feeling that anxiety, but all of a sudden, I also felt the Holy Spirit say, I've also invited you into a moment right now, Jesse. Okay? I knew that God wanted to take advantage of that time with me in the living room. So I started setting my attention on him. And while I was sitting there in that dark living room, I saw God in my living room, standing there. He wasn't bright and shining. He was actually dark. A lot of people think that dark means evil, or it can. It could also mean veiled and cloaked, okay? He was wearing, a, he was wearing I saw him in dark, and he had his robe on, and, and he had his back turned toward me. If I was where Steve is, sitting there, you're holding Livy right there, dude. Can you get her asleep when she's screaming her guts out? You better, buddy. All right, I was sitting right about where he is, and, it's, and I could see God, like, standing right here, almost with his back to me, and he's looking over at me, over his shoulder. Saw him there. And he's, and he's beckoning me to follow him. Not just in my living room. This, this is way bigger than 2.30 a.m. in my living room. Beckoned me to follow him. And he started sharing from spirit to spirit. I just knew what he was telling me. He, he's, he was inviting us, me and Jessica, to, to enter into a journey of sacrifice and risk. Stepping into the unknown places that can be so scary. You have no idea what's out there, but I know you're out there, God. I don't know what this is going to translate into. I don't know what I'm going to experience, but I know now that you're there. And I'm going to step out of the boat into the water. And the only thing I can, that I have to go on is you're there. Okay? And the Lord has shown me that the sacrifice and the risk is actually a key to enter into a secret place where he will reveal himself to me in ways that I will never know if I remain in my comfort zone. I'll never get to experience Almighty God. Somebody says my time's up. I'll never get to experience Almighty God if I stay in my comfort zone. And he was inviting me into the unknown place where there's sacrifice and risk. Amen? And I knew that he wants to reveal mystery to me. And he was saying that as we follow him into the scary unknown place, he's going to show himself mighty and strong to us in ways that we may never get to see otherwise. We stay in the comfort zone. Man, imagine the amount of destinies that are unfulfilled by people who are afraid to step out and risk in the place where God's beckoning them out of their comfort zones. 
And although there's a sense of fear, I also felt a great measure of adventure and excitement and hope. And I knew God was saying, this is going to be an awesome journey if you follow me. And so he used these encounters to pull me and Jessica out of anxiety and out of fear and out of shame. Because now we didn't just have visions and we didn't just have revelations, but we had encounter. Almighty God is saying, follow me into this territory that you're, that's scary to you. Come on. You guys hearing me? And those fears that I told you we had with the leader, that the leaders won't support us, ha-ha, they, they supported us, us unanimously because God was in it. We feared that people in Reading won't join us. We had several people from Reading join us to come help us start this church. And a few of those people are still with us. Praise God. We feared that people in Indiana won't receive us, but look around. <laughs> You're here, and, and some who would like to be here but aren't feeling well today. And, and hopefully, I, because I'm trying to live over there where God said it is finished, but we haven't seen it all yet, I'm believing there's more people to come. Come on. I want to say that again. I'm going to say it to you. I'm going to say it to my spirit. I'm going to say it into heaven in the spirit realm. I believe there's more people coming. Because there's more lives to change and there's greater power coming from people coming into what God's doing so he can increase momentum. Amen? Uh, we believed that, uh, that, that we feared that maybe people won't come into what God's sending us to Indiana for. Now I'm talking about the promises that we don't see yet. And I think that's happening maybe slowly but surely. I think it is happening. I believe it's going to happen more. Amen? We believed that, or we feared that we might fall on our faces, but so far, this many years in, we haven't yet. Hallelujah. I guess it could still happen, but the fear of failure has been broken over us many times over because God's proven himself mighty. And he, fear of finances, he's provided every step of the way and sometimes even lavishly, but all the time he's making sure this happens. And I guess I just wanted to, I had other things I want to do. It's really hard when I'm doing this style to, to anticipate how long it takes to get through this stuff. So God had that as a closing part here. For I just want to want you guys stand with me, and I want to just declare some stuff real quick to close us out. Lord, I, I want you guys to lift your hands to the Lord right now. Lord, I, I pray right now in Jesus' name that you will help us individually and corporately as a body to have the open eyes of the Spirit, to be able to see the truth and the depth and the Spirit of the reality that you, that you want to bring heaven into our midst. That what you're building here even in this overflow church, God, that, and I'm sure this applies to all churches that you've built, but we've got to focus on the one that you've called us to. Lord, that, that you're, you're building foundations unto greater things than what we see right now. Lord, I, I pray that you'll help us to be able to see 
um, as I did in that vision, Lord, that what you're building is greater than just our American idea of a, of a church, <laughs> but, it, but this is actually eternal stuff, Lord. This is, this is heaven on earth stuff, Lord. This is you building a temple to yourself through your people, Lord, a place that's you, that you call home, a place that you call your family, a place that you dwell in the midst of. And that when you come, Lord, you come with all you got. And I pray that you'll help us to see this, Lord, at a deeper level. God, because I, because I pray, Lord, that, that seeing this will translate into deeper buy-in for what you're doing. That, that, that you'll lay hold of hearts. So, so that we will all see, like, how, how big of a deal it is, <laughs> what you're doing. And, and give us the courage to believe that you're almighty God and to step into the unknowns when you're, when you're beckoning us into greater places that we don't understand yet. So Lord, I ask you to release vision in people's hearts right now and divine faith to see you come through. Why don't you guys put your hands on the shoulder of someone near you and just release that into each other right now. Vision to see what God's doing and just supernatural faith to believe for it. Just release it and receive it. Just let God deepen this. Hallelujah. More, Lord. Unlock the eyes. And I pray, Lord God, that um, if anybody in here maybe, maybe not catching this at the full measure now, Lord, let the seed of this stuff just go deep into hearts and to germinate and, and deepen and unfold and grow. But I pray for increasing measures of vision of what you're doing. Prophetic vision that comes with divine faith to believe for it. Again, faith is believing that God is who he says he is and that he will do what he says he will do. Hallelujah, Lord. In Jesus' name, everybody says, Amen. Amen. Amen.